Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University. Football season might be over, but the NBA is in action, and March Madness is right around the corner. From all the latest odds, totals, and props to where the next fired coach will land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline offers more than football and basketball. It's also your source for hockey, boxing, and the UFC. BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination, providing the fastest and easiest way to wager your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Episode 70 of the podcast welcomes Johnny Townsend to the show. Townsend is a former University of Florida punter and a fifth-round pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. In the NFL, Townsend has 85 career punts with a 43.3-yard average and 19 punts down inside the 20. Johnny, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Yeah, this uh, this is long overdue. I've been wanting to join you for a while, and I'm glad we can get to it. Yeah, I've, it's been a pleasure. Johnny and I grew up uh, about, a, about, I guess, an hour away, maybe a little bit less. He's in Orlando suburb, and I'm a Daytona Beach suburb, which very close. And although we never played together because we're we're about a decade apart in age. I was fortunate enough to be exposed to him as a high school player because he was he was close and he was doing wonderful things. And and then I got to coach with him a little bit at Florida and then his transition to the league and his little brother's doing special things. So I just wanted to bring him on after the season because he's a busy guy. And I'm just very grateful for guys like this because I want him to tell you it's not about like where he is right now. I, I think we all see these guys that play on Sundays and it's a very special opportunity, but I think it's a more beautiful story as to like how different yet challenging it is for each and every one of these guys to get that opportunity, because I think everyone that's their end game, these kickers, punters and snappers that we have on this show. But a lot of them really want to know the secret sauce. And I think it's really about being true to yourself and really taking it day to day and dealing with adversity, because we all have to deal with that. And I think that the guys like you that played on Sunday or, or are playing on Sunday, you handle the, the ebbs and flows of life better than most. And I think that that's very important to be said. So I want to begin early in your story. I, I really want to talk about you sports. And I say sports plural because you played and so did Tommy a number of things growing up. Um, and in this process of playing several sports and positions, I think it indirectly prepared you for this punting career that you have right now. Could you elaborate on this a little bit more? Sure. Yeah. No, youth sports is critical to the development of, you know, any athlete at any level, um, not only just learning the fundamentals of the sport, but also just, uh, you know, figuring out what you're good at. Um, you know, I played pretty much every sport growing up from golf to tennis to football to baseball, played almost every position on the field um, in football and baseball. So, um, you know, from the development as a young player, it was, uh, you know, pretty crucial to, you know, you know, myself being an athlete. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I think now, and we were talking about this pre-recording that a number of these guys, I would say the majority of the guys that play on Saturday and almost all of the guys who play on Sunday were very similar to you. Um, and I think that what's going on now is 
you've got 12 year olds that have aspirations now to be a punter because these punters are getting first downs and doing like very unique things that are impactful that have never been done before. So I think that these 12 and 13 year old demographic kids that are fans of you think that you've always just specialized in this thing called punting. And I think that the misconception is that you guys are as good as you were because of your extensive background and so many other things that you bring into punting. So I'm thankful that you said that you are also, um, in high school now, I guess we'll fast forward just a little bit. You were among, especially junior to senior year, among the most sought after punters in the history of the sport, especially your class in America. You came out of Boone High School, as mentioned, near Orlando or in a suburb of Orlando. Can you share a little bit more about your recruiting process? Because this was a while ago, um, but still, I'm sure you were you were pr- treated pretty well. Uh, And I want to know a few lessons learned through the recruiting process and finally how you ultimately ended up a Florida Gator. Sure. Well, uh, you know, back to the, you know, the first point we just covered, um, you know, I didn't even start punting a football until my ninth grade year, uh, my freshman year of high school. Um, You know, it's, it's become such a competitive position these days that a lot of people are, you know, under the impression that they need to just focus on that one individual thing at a very young age. And, and I just don't, you know, I'm still not a believer in, in that being how it is. Um, you know, Tommy Bo, Tommy didn't even start till his freshman year of high school as well. So, um, you know, there's still a lot of time and, and a lot of room to grow and develop in, in that aspect. But, um, yeah, I had a pretty interesting uh, recruiting process. Um, you know, I never had aspirations to be a punter. Um, I love the glory of playing the other positions, being a quarterback, being a free safety. I love scoring touchdowns and, you know, making hits and big plays. And and I had some recruiting interest to, you know, play those positions. Um and it wasn't until I got to about my junior year of high school when um, all the bigger, um, you know, more sought after programs were coming after me to be a punter. Um, so that's kind of when I, you know, really flipped the script and started focusing more on punting and and kind of gave up those uh, quarterback and free safety hopes. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, whenever I get on with someone, I like to look them up and Wikipedia is great to start, right, just to get some references about you. And I thought it was it was very funny, like in your high school area, if you will. Before college, it, it, it likes to note that you were at first recruited by the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, could, could you explain why they might have thought that was important to share? Because you were, you, you were recruited by a number of schools. Was there something special about that? that was there a decommitment? I, I just I had to ask that. Yeah, so that was uh, my second scholarship offer. Uh, so back in the day, uh, recruiting was slightly different. Um, as a kicker, you'd go to all these college camps in person, and you would compete at these camps. And oftentimes, if you won the camp, you would get offered. Um, so I went through the camp circuit going into my senior year. And uh, the first camp I went to was Alabama. Um, luckily, I won the camp there, and uh, Coach Saban offered me. And then, um, you know, I kept going on from there. I went to Cincinnati and won that camp and got a scholarship offer. And then the next camp after that was Ohio State. And um, I competed well there and ended up getting an offer from Ohio State. So I committed on the spot to Coach Urban Meyer in his first year at the Buckeyes and um, spent my entire senior season of high school committed to the Buckeyes. Mm, Okay. That makes a little more sense. Uh, Yeah. So let's go back to Florida. I mean, I think you made a wonderful decision. I'm a hurricane. You're a gator. And I think we can both agree on one thing. We we dislike Ohio State probably – not maybe not as much as Florida State, but it's close, right? It's a, it's maybe a close second. So you left the Gators uh, as the all-time leading punter in program history, and there it was. I love these numbers, like they matter, but it's pretty interesting. You punted the ball 
at Florida, 11,090 yards. And it was over the course of 240 punts. And most importantly, which I found very interesting, a future guest on my show, actually, he's lined up as Eric Wilbur. He's an old friend. He's closer to my age. You broke his record that he had he had set there and held for 11 years. I'm sure he was really happy about that. No, but uh, he, he's a special guy, too. Um, so I'd like you to share a little bit more about your experiences in Gainesville, specifically uh, dealing with these distractions, because in high school, yeah, you, you might have had a few. I, I'm sure you were the big fish in a small pond. But when you became the big fish in Gainesville, which is like, as mentioned earlier, this is one of the elite programs that was looking at you. When you're a big fish at Ohio State or Miami or Florida, distractions, I think, exponentially come into play. And I wanted to ask you how you kept first things first and kept the distractions to the side. Yeah, so we can uh, touch back in on that recruiting uh, comment earlier. Um, You know, I ended up flipping to the Gators. I wanted to be a Gator my whole life. So my football aspirations did not extend past you know, being a Florida Gator and playing for the Gators in the swamp. Um, so once I got to the University of Florida and then, you know, really kind of fell into that, it was, um, you know, kind of a dream of mine. Um, so you know, it wasn't until my career was developing at Florida to where I actually, you know, started having the NFL aspirations. And once I had, once I had success at Florida, um, but, you know, distractions are everywhere, you know, not only at the high school level, but even more so when you get to college. Um, you know, there's so many other things that, you know, your social life is a distraction. Um, you know, girls can be a distraction. Uh, there's so much that plays into it. Um, so you really just got to, you know, have that goal in mind and really stay focused because it's such a small window of time. I mean, I know that these high school guys are seeing it now, how fast high school's flying by. College goes even faster. So you just got to really just maintain that focus and know that it's such a small window to really capitalize. Amen. I mean, answered brilliantly, but it's, it's so much harder than that. You, you're a humble dude. You've always had humility. I wanted to ask that because I've always wanted to ask you that, you know, when we, when we see each other, it's few and far between, we'll probably get to work together once or twice in 22 and it'll be about six hours. And I want that focus to be on punting, but this is also a treat for me because I really just wanted to talk to you like a human being for the longest time, you know, get to know a few things about you. I've never got a chance to ask you. And that's one I've always wanted to ask you in particular is because I can see your distractions you know i'm friends with you on social media i have to be a part of it so do you uh for the good for the bad because i mean it it can do positive things and we're going to talk about what you do with that later as far as positive things with your foundation but i think you more than most have a number of things that could have been first in your life or kind of snuck in there to be like competitive with what your end end in mind was but i think you've always done a fantastic job of beginning with the end in mind and, and, and kind of stay in the course. And we all deviate as human beings from like a perfect plan. And I talked about this last week that success is nonlinear. It's not just going to go perfect. I think that you do a fantastic job of deviation, but getting back on course very quickly. And that's why I wanted to ask you, how do you do that? Sure. Well, I also think a lot of positive things can be, you know, distractions, Um, aspirations you have outside of football, things like that. Um, There's so many things that uh, business endeavors and growing my foundation and and all these other projects that I want to work on while 
um, still being able to try to compete at the highest level um, in the world at the NFL. So, you know, oftentimes even, you know, doing things like, you know, running my foundation can be a huge distraction uh, when it comes to, you know, playing in the NFL, because uh, that's a full-time job there too. So, you know, one of the toughest things is, you know, having people around you that can help you uh, manage certain aspects of your life is, is a big thing for me too. Amen. I, I amen to that family, of course, but you're right. I think that as we get older too, we realize that friends aren't necessarily friends. Like we need to have friends, but I think we define friends in high school as what we would define them as acquaintances, as adults. I think it's nice to have a, a network, if you will. But I also think what you said is very true. You know, you find your team, you find your like cohesive, small group of people that you can confide in. And, and you need to, you need to take very good care of them because they're going to take very good care of you. I love that. Um, so find your tribe and take care of them. I'm going to flip a switch now. Now we're going to talk more about the NFL a little bit. So since 2018, you were drafted. And that's another thing I really could go in a whole show with you on is congratulations, because there's only a handful of you guys in the history of the NFL that one of those 32 franchises has felt you were important enough to draft. We can get most of guys like you, even, even the best of the best on Saturdays, we can oftentimes get you right after that seventh round and, and hopefully you work out. But I thought it was neat to, to make that a point that you were a draft pick and uh, you've punted for the Raiders. You punted for the Ravens. You punted for the Titans. You also play for the Chiefs briefly. I want you to share some of your NFL experiences, but I, I really want us to, to kind of hone in on dealing with the injuries because I had injuries. I think a lot of us do. I'd like you to talk to our, our high school kids who listen to the show about quality mentality over quantity when training. Yeah, no, the quality over quantity is, is huge. Um, while you're younger, you can afford that volume. Um, you know, you can afford to play sports year round. You can afford to kick, you know, four or five days a week. And uh, you almost recover like you're on steroids when you're a high school player. I remember I used to, um, you know, go a full day of school. I'd have a weightlifting class my last period. I would go to baseball practice all afternoon. And then after baseball practice, I would walk over to the high school field, get a couple punts. And then sometimes I'd go home and, and bench press at my house. <laughs> <laughs> Five workouts in a day. And, uh, but now, I'm, you know, I'm 20, just turned 27, and I've dealt with significant injuries. Um, I had a debil pretty debilitating back injury my, after my second year in the NFL, and uh, that was a major setback to me. And that really opened my eyes to, you know, how important it is to uh, training smarter over harder because, uh, you know, I'm a competitive guy, and, and I like to push the limits when it comes to my training. But um, it gets to the certain point where you have a foundation of your physical abilities, and then you really kind of master all the technical aspects around that. And now I'm just focusing more on being more of a technical and more precise athlete than more of a power, um, power athlete. I want to add on to that question. Let's say a hypothetical, you have two hours in a, a, a what we call a work day in football for specialists, right? Like it's typically a Tuesday or a Wednesday, depending on when you play. What do you do around even that work day in terms of on and off ball? And what I mean by that is I think a lot of high school kids don't realize that there is a lot of value in simulation and visualization, right? Like in, in going through the motions, if you will, but not exactly punting per se or kicking off per se, but maybe doing the buildup, the progression, the steps, the follow through in the absence of a football. Could you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, no, there's there's so much more you can do than just going out to the field and banging footballs every day. Um, there's, you know, tons of drills you can do and tons of visualization exercises you can do. Um, I'm a visual learner. I've always have been. And and for me, you know, every time I go out to the field and I'm getting those kicks in, I record every single one. And so a big piece of my training is, is going home and breaking down that tape and and practicing those visualization exercises and pointing out little, you know, mechanics of my technique. And and uh, so the off the field training has been one of the biggest things for me uh, compared to just going out and banging footballs. I'm smiling right now at you and, and you saw it because it's it's so important film. And I know it's like cliche to say it, but for some reason, with specialists, I, you know, we have to sometimes convince these younger guys the the value in seeing yourself do something because when you do something, I mean, yeah. Like when I shoot a basketball, I'd like to think that I look like Steph Curry. Right. I like, I'd like to think that because I'm trying to do what he does and I'm, I'm feeling it. But then when I see myself doing it, I know very, very certainly that I do not, I look nothing like him. In fact, there's about eight or nine things that I have completely different going on than what he does. And I think there's a value in film that, especially with specialists, because we have to teach ourselves. We oftentimes have to self-analyze ourselves and critique things that, that are very minute. But the only way that that's going to be done is if we can maybe prop a shoe up with your cell phone, which these cameras are brilliant now. They see so much. Even from when you were playing high school, these cameras are better than the field cameras they were using in college. You know, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Anyway, I really wanted to talk about something that I'm, I'm very proud of you for. I had to go look this up. But I didn't know when you founded it, but it looks like 2017, you established this Johnny Townsend Foundation. Can you share um, how this was started, perhaps, and um, obviously its purpose, and lastly, its plans moving forward? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I always love talking about this. I wanted to start my foundation sooner, uh, but the NCAA at the time shot down anything that um, was raising money, even if it was for a you know a good cause like Chance, my the hospital that I support. So I wanted to launch it in 2016, but they shot me down and said that I was using my likeness to you know raise money for you know hospitals. So but now with the NIL stuff, the kids can do all that. So. Once I signed away my NCAA eligibility, um, I started officially fundraising uh, for Shans Hospital, which is a hospital in my college town. And, and I developed relationships with all those guys through a community service program that they had for the football team. And, and um, you know, I just wanted to find a way to not waste my platform. Um, you know, being a Division One football player now in the NFL, um, I really have to do something to, to give back and, and take advantage of, of the spotlight while I have it. Um, so, you know, we've done a couple big fundraisers in the past. We did one last summer that um, is, is fully funding a $50,000 renovation to an outdoor healing garden uh, where pediatric patients can receive their infusions and catch some sunlight and things like that. And, and now we have three huge fundraisers coming up this spring that um, I'd love to share more information about, um, which you guys can check out through all my websites and things, which, you know, I'll share afterwards. Yeah, I'll tell you what we'll do, too, is we'll tag um, all this stuff in the podcast details section. I'll, I'll include that, all your website and all that, because I think that's something that we definitely need to include. People read your description and all that, so I'd be happy to help you there. And I just, I mean, I never got to tell you this, but like I, I knew that you were going to do wonderful things off the field in terms of giving back, because... Whenever I did anything, uh, even when you were in college and busy, you you were the first person to say, I'm there. If it's helping kids, like, when is it? Saturday, two weeks, got you. Like, you have, and then even not formally, like, not just the charitable things I do, but, like, when you're around high school kids, 
like these kids look up to you, man. Uh, I've got a kid out of Ottawa Hills, uh, Ohio. I'm going to name drop him now. Emilio Duran, because he's going to listen. And so is his dad. He's the number one kid in the country uh, in Jamie Cole's board for 23s and combo specialists. And I asked him the other day, I was like, you know, when am I seeing you again? He's like, yeah, I'll be down there twice in April. By the way, man, like I'd love for you to get Johnny Townsend on your podcast. So that's why I text you. I was like, hey, can I get you on the show soon? I know, I know it's off season. And there's my point. You immediately were like, yo, how about next week? You know, and I, I just I don't think you realize the the influence you have on people. And I think the best thing you can be doing is your humility and being humble and being giving because you have this platform, as mentioned, you just said it. And I think some people use that platform initially for the wrong reasons. And hopefully they learn how to redirect that to a positive platform. But I think that you have always embraced your platform in a positive light. And, and I'm grateful for that. So I really want to thank you for joining the show. And I'd like to end this by asking you a few ways the audience can reach you. Yeah, for sure. For anybody listening, um, I would love to help out with uh, questions about the recruiting process, um, tips on technique, anything I can do. Um, but I'm, I'm, you can reach me easiest on Instagram. I'm on there the most. Uh, it's at Johnny Townsend. And also on Twitter, um, it's Johnny Townsend one. Um, I've had some guys send me film and, and ask questions and things like that in the past. So do not hesitate to reach out. Um, you know, I'm here to be a resource. And um, also, if, you, if you're interested, Johnny Townsend Foundation is my Instagram, and I'm posting updates constantly about, you know, fundraisers we're doing and projects we're getting involved in. And, and if you want to get involved, let me know. It can be fun. You're the man. And like Les mentioned, all that will be in the episode on any platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, name it, Stitcher, it's on there. So we'll get that out for you. Uh, and I, I again, I'm, I'm thankful. Everyone here at Fourth Down Focus really appreciates you and uh, and what you're doing. Um, and and we, we're thankful. So please give us a five-star rating, a review, subscribe to the show, share it with a friend. If you have questions, suggestions for future topics or guests, or if you simply have feedback, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, in several ways. My website is fourthdownu.com on social media. My Instagram and Twitter are fourthdownu. That's 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U. Or you can find me at Facebook, LinkedIn at Dan Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bets Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest, and I hope 2022 is treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.